Hello, data storytellers. Today on the show, I have with me Nitin. Nitin is the Senior Director of Commercial Global Commercial Insights and Analytics at CSR Bering. Nitin, welcome on the show. Thanks, thanks, Laszlo. Uh, pleasure, pleasure Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely, and uh, you will be joining our upcoming masterclass. So we're excited to have you share your story with the other attendees as well. Uh, but I was looking forward to this interview because you have uh, a deep background in healthcare, and also on our previous conversation, you shared many cool insights about how you see data-driven transformation, your journey over at CSL. Now, before we jump in, would you mind just giving a quick introduction into what brought you into the world of data analytics and maybe your professional journey up to today? Sure, I'll, I'll keep it sweet and simple. Like uh, everyone can go to my LinkedIn profile and follow my journey. But then essentially uh, by training, I'm at Insights and uh, Information Technology Engineer, essentially uh, somehow landed into healthcare industry because my first job was with Farmark, a, a boutique firm uh, during those days, 2004-ish, 2003-4-ish timeframe. During that time, a lot of pharma companies were going through transformation from as their assets uh, or big assets like multi-billion dollar blockbusters were getting off-patent. So, so they were looking at like outsourcing strategies. And that was the time when a lot of outsourcing within pharma industry started happening. And I joined this company called Pharmark as a VBA programmer during that time because my computer science background or information technology background allowed me to uh, be that person who can pick up certain aspects from maths and stats and then convert them, program them and build some models for uh, doing marketing mix or performance reporting or multiple other angles. So that's how journey started. Uh, initially, I was part of uh, a very small uh, group of forecasters, like the, the Pharmac had a forecasting group. And we were supporting three or four major companies, uh, predominantly Novartis and Merck being the major uh, major companies for us. And we were trying to build a forecasting model and certain, certain other tools and uh, capabilities, which could allow marketers like our stakeholders, th those who are at the very end of uh, the supply uh, insights chain to, to have intuitive, like very user-friendly interfaces to run these analytics rather than learning R's or SAS or whatnot, you can just go there, do some clicks and then get to your results. So we build those models uh, from there. From uh, I, I stayed with Pharma for a while. My first major moment came in when uh, Pharma asked me to move to United States to support one of our major plans. Uh, I, I moved here uh, back like almost 12 years ago, uh, 13 years ago, and then from then, uh, continued working within market research, data analytics, insights space within pharma or healthcare industry, uh, growing my uh, professional career and learning new skill sets as well in the, in the meanwhile. Uh, and then uh, I got an opportunity within IQVIA because uh, by 2012, pharma got acquired by IQVIA. And once we got entered into IQVIA, we were like shown with the amazing assets of uh, data assets, which they had for mm -hmm. healthcare industry, because they, they were back in days were called IMS health and they were the pioneer when it comes to healthcare informatics. So, so when you get in touch with that kind of data uh, and, uh, and an opportunity to analyze that kind of data, uh, you would feel like uh, I felt that 
I was a kid, literally sitting in 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 a mine of maybe like sugar or whatnot. Like I was just mining, mining out insights from there. Uh, we, I, I continued my journey with IQV for a while, and then it's been almost like fifteen years in the industry. So, so thought of like, what if if I can in, in consulting side? So, what if if I can just move towards the other side of the table and join CSL uh, like five years ago? And mm-hmm. then from last five years, I've been with CSL. I started with CSL as a insights and analytics lead for their one particular therapeutic area, CV metabolics. Later on, uh, uh, I was being asked by our chief commercial officer to uh, build a forecasting uh, and data analytics capability within CSL or a center of excellence within commercial. Uh, I did that for a year or so. And then from last three years, I have been into this current role. Uh, with CSL, where I lead four functions, uh, four various aspects of mm-hmm. four different aspects of analytics, forecasting and decision analytics, competitive intelligence, market research, and commercial data strategy and reporting. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. And then over your career, and it can be in part your journey at CSL, but even before, what were the major challenges for you as a professional? You mentioned building different skill sets. You, I'm, I'm hearing different organizational settings. What do you think were your key challenges as you were growing as a professional? So one of the key challenge way early I felt was that I was very disconnected from pharma, correct? Like because mm-hmm. I was an insights professional or, or an analytics professional, uh, more so in computer science, statistician and so on and so forth. And, and I feel like that's one of the biggest challenge you need to overcome, which is you need to understand the pain of your uh, of your stakeholder, the direct stakeholder, which is within pharma, it would be predominantly marketing and sales professionals mm-hmm. uh, from a commercial side. And, and I had no clue. So, so that was one of the major challenge. Uh, I gradually picked up those as I was starting to learn more about uh, how pharma supply chain works, uh, how biotech supply chain works, how the company works, what are the key components of this company? Uh, essentially, like when you look at any pharma company, you would look at, or biotech company, you look at three key, let's say pillars for that company. One is, uh, and, and it's it's same for every other company as well. You need to find something. Uh, so our R&D uh, group would be that, where we will find something awesome, which works for our patients. Uh, then once you find that, you need to then find a way to manufacture it properly and at a large scale as well, as the scale increases. Mm-hmm. And then the third aspect, so this is, that's your second pillar, manufacturing. And then the third aspect is once you have a product and as well as you have the product to sell, you now need to sell it. So that's your commercial organization. Mm-hmm. So those are the three key functions. And then there are a prox, uh, of different functions, which you, uh, which you work with or interact with. So mm-hmm. understanding of how these three functions work, uh, how a product is being built or made or let's say Mm. innovation comes in within healthcare industry was in another aspect. And then the third bigger or, or, or one of the more, another additional challenge for me was understanding and learning that healthcare industry is not same across the globe. Mm -hmm. Uh, It varies by regions. It's, it varies by countries and, and learning those nuances also was another aspect. So as an analytics professional transitioning from data analyst to a business analyst was a big challenge. Mm-hmm. And once that was done, I was into my uh, into myself and then mm-hmm. the growth started coming through. Hmm. So this is super interesting. Uh, you mentioned these three areas. So one would be thinking of something awesome, finding some, something great as the research and development phase. And then you got to manufacture it. You got to actually build the thing. 
And the third pillar is you got to get it to the end user. You got to get them bought into the idea. You got to get them excited. You got to get them to adopt it ultimately. So how does that map onto your job as a senior analytics professional? You're trying to, inside the company, basically you're running a startup or not a startup, but maybe an already established little brand where you're building stuff. You got to get it in front of people. So uh, what do you think, first of all, when we look at this R&D phase, when building different solutions, for you, what did you see as the most important aspects of building the right solutions to the right people at the right time as a data analytics professional within your company? So the way we support our R&D team uh, is essentially finding out what the unmet need needs are mm-hmm. and what actually our customers are looking for, or ultimately our end customers are patients, but then physicians, we mm-hmm. sell to our patients via physicians, correct? Ultimately, we sell to physicians, the concept. So understanding their unmet needs uh, is number one. Uh, number two is this unmet need is where exactly this unmet need is high in, in various segments of your mm-hmm. uh, patient groups. So that's the second aspect of it. Uh, once you know that, then you start learning about what competition is doing. Like mm-hmm. you want to keep an eye on where where competition is. If you are building an asset, which is a me too, doesn't help selling because then you are competing with somebody else who is exactly the same attributes or properties and then it becomes hard to sell and then you are usually splitting the market or splitting uh, your uh, profits correct so so finding that niche and differentiating yourself from competition is also an important aspect so we then fund our r&d team with this information so that they can build an asset which is not only uh, something which has its own niche but it's easily marketable in mm-hmm. future as we grow, as we get it into real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you are communicating with your R&D team and you're trying to give them these insights, um, are they really receptive? What is the culture within the R&D team? Because I know that this can be different in the commercial team, the manufacturing team, the R&D. Are they hungry for insights? Are they seeking you guys out? When you're trying to feed them the right information, uh, what do you see as the, the, the bottlenecks if there's any? Uh, I think th- there, there is definitely different perspectives. So mm-hmm. that, that you need to start with, correct? And, and one, one of the key traits uh, of, of, an, uh, of any professional is to understand and value all the perspectives, correct? So when we are coming back with the insights, uh, what we do is we try to make sure that they understand that we are setting our emotion aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are taking decisions which are good for the entire organization, correct? So, so that kind of culture is being at least built in CSL. So I'm mm-hmm. lucky to be part of a culture where mm-hmm. that that's that's being uh, like supported by a senior leadership as well as like all of us, like all three organizations sit together and take very good judgmental ju- judgmental calls or decisions uh, based on facts and figures, like and and, and taking the you know, emotion out of that. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one. Uh, area where I feel lucky, especially when coming in and working for CSL, uh, we, we had that culture going, getting there. Mm-hmm. And, and with, with, with last, let's say four or five years I've been with CSL, it's, it kept on improving. So, so yeah, so that's one aspect. And, and once you set emotions aside and bring everyone on the board, mm-hmm. everyone starts building trust with each other. Correct. And, and that then ends up with some good decisions, which which helps the company. Hmm. It's a good question. So you, you mentioned trust, and this always comes up, always comes yeah. up during these conversations. Um, what do you say is the key to build trust with your, with your uh, stakeholders within the business? What were your best practices in making sure that uh, they understand what you can provide them 
through data? Like, how did you build these relationships? So first is data or insight is is a fact, correct? Like, mm-hmm. so so you you bring them those facts, but you also when you are when you are sharing insights, you also like to bring them in along with those insights the opportunities or risk of mm-hmm. taking any decision. If you help them understand those, be and once you start taking uh, taking these insights to them along with those aspects, those two aspects, it becomes way easier for them to accept your uh, role in the organization, and as well as they they start think looking at you as more of a trusted partner because mm-hmm. you are not just trying to find like let's say landmines in your. Uh, in in front of them or bringing landmines in front of them you are trying to find those landmines and showing them those landmines and then make preparing them that if you step there there is a disaster let me help you find an another way so that you can navigate that and then get to another and learning those at right time always helps so so that always helps in building trust with the with the teams uh, so that's one angle the the other aspect is uh timeliness of information correct because a uh, lot of times uh, you lose trust when you are bringing something which already happened mm. and you are not coming with uh, like forward looking thinking and 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 when you bring those forward looking perspective to them uh, they start again realizing or, or building uh, like they they start inclining inclining towards you for any sort of insight streams so that's that's the other aspect which i have found very very helpful for my team and for myself as i was growing tr- building trust within these three organizations mm-hmm. what well, you mentioned about becoming a trusted advisor so these are such good points with present them with the opportunity and the risk and also the timeliness of information to be forward looking but why like like why is this the case think about it it's all it all boils down to human psychology Right, because people are not interested in things that, first of all, can provide value to them, or at least that they don't pose a risk that they should avoid in the future. So, by positioning yourself as a data analytics leader properly and accentuating those things, like actually putting an emphasis on the things that might bring value to them in the future or might pose a danger, and then also really focusing on things that you can prescribe to them, this way they see you in a different light. They see you in a different way. So you move from being, I don't know, like an IT person who's just you know running random numbers to someone who can actually provide value to them, right? And th- that was always that was always key. So what do you think, um, because always the question of leadership comes up in this. So mm-hmm. you are presenting these insights from a position of leadership, at least that's what you wanna do. So mm-hmm. as a senior person, now your job is not about actually working with uh, you know, coding, you're not necessarily really running the numbers uh, directly, but you are holding the vision for the data analytics team in the company. So in that position of leadership, what do you think are the best qualities that uh, data analytics professionals should exercise or should work on improving in to make sure that your insights and your advice is being received well because you're speaking from a position of authority? Sure. I mean, first thing first, empathy plays a big role. Mm. Uh, and especially with pandemic, we learned that empathy plays a way better role as being a leader than anything else. Like earlier, empathy used to be looked like as a vulnerable capability mm-hmm. of or, or, of, or, or vulnerable leadership quality. But then right now, it's, it plays a huge role. And, 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 as, and as someone who has been a data analyst 
and coming with those technical uh, qualities it also always helps because you can put yourself on their shoes as you are building teams and as you are passing your vision to your team so so that's one aspect vision also plays a huge role uh, you need to make sure that you have a crystal clear vision where your team or your organization is going what what are your priorities what where you where you will focus on uh, how you will build a team of uh, amazing data scientists going gro- gradually growing into a role of a business scientist or a business strategist because i always see that as a journey and i translate my journey to uh, for my team members because if if you provide that uh, vision to them that you start as a data scientist or data 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 analyst but then ultimately you need to become a business analyst to to mm-hmm. earn that trust within your stakeholders is always a key uh, one other aspect from transformation perspective is cultural change mm-hmm. uh, and and you don't want to build things which nobody uses mm-hmm. you want to build things which uh, uh, which uh, are easy to use and you don't want everyone in the organization to be r uh, proficient or python proficient uh they they should still be analyst they should still be uh, you should still increase the literacy level in the entire organization i am not saying that literacy literacy level should be at our side but then you need to make sure that uh, you provide tools and capabilities which make them which make their life easier when they are seeking for insights so so that's the second aspect of it uh third key aspect is uh, you need to build short term goals and a road map to to your vision you can't just plant a vision and then just storm towards it you need to find those smaller low hanging fruits and low hanging wins which you can pick up early and then start showing that those wins or sharing those wins with the not only your own organization but with the leadership so that they can see the value and once they see the value they start investing in your vision so so that's the third aspect of it which is how you attract investment in your vision because you can paint a vision you can have a team behind it but if there is no investment you can't get there as well mm. so you need to have those three pillars mm. i would love to find out about uh, your best practices in sharing those stories then with the organization in a powerful way but before we get there so this whole idea of identifying short term goals and going for the low hanging fruits always comes up. So, uh what are your best practices in that? How do you properly identify the right short-term goals and then how do you make sure that you bring them to success so that you can then invest the whole achievement into future growth? I don't know if the question makes sense but but how do you do that? Can you just walk me through your process? You don't need to go too granular, but maybe yeah. just give a little bit of an insight into that. From a high-level perspective is it's it's ROI process correct like uh, you need to find out the uh, task which gives you high ROIs in a in a shortest time period and 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 the way to look, to look at it is once you build those that roadmap and you have identified those sub segments uh, you essentially try to analyze like how much effort is going behind it what is the end goal or end value which the organization is ultimately bringing in with with that uh, particular sub segment and then you start prioritizing them uh, now always you have to also look at dependencies as well correct like you can't build an amazing data visualization engine and then have no data behind it because that will be useless correct so so you need to uh, again then stack them in a in a way so 
first is to get the roi calculated second is uh, get the timelines done and then the third step is look at the dependencies and then start ro- putting them into a roadmap and that's how i do it i don't know whether that's the best practice mm-hmm. but but it has worked at least pretty well in last 3 4 years as i was changing things in at csl mm. and then once you have that so once you got some of those wins then how do you make sure that you leverage those through storytelling so when you share the good news with the organization when you evangelize analytics what did you identify what have you identified over the years as being good ways to share the stories or maybe some pitfalls in that yep i mean one good way which i've i've kept on sharing with my team as well and this is the first time i'm sharing here as well mm. is that when you when somebody approaches with uh, to me or to my team for a question they have one or two questions correct and that's how your analytics project starts when you get into the data and start analyzing and looking at the trends what you find is there is an another insight or an another question coming you need to start looking for those another next question once you share your insight because there is always an another question so if you can predict the next question that always helps a lot uh, so that's one aspect of it so it it helped me a lot it helped my team a lot uh, as we were preparing for sharing those aha moments mm-hmm. because lot of lot many times when you are sharing these aha moments and are, when you are ready for that next question in a meeting it again starts building trust because mm-hmm. that other person knows that you are not only thinking and not only following the lead you are now getting to the uh, to the next level you are mm-hmm. you are getting to understand their main pain points and and not just our robots who are just mm-hmm. executing the question which which has been asked mm-hmm. Okay no that's amazing so again you position yourself in a place of leadership and authority and that's how you get people to first of all see data analytics as, as something that provides forward looking value right mm-hmm. but also establishes that, that trust so that's amazing and then when we think about storytelling so you talked about upskilling your team or building the right capabilities within the team as well and making them graduate from you know being just data analysts into business analysts so uh, what were the main challenges for you what do you see maybe even in the entire industry the key challenges in making sure that your team has that storytelling mindset and they have the storytelling capabilities so first thing first is building the team itself is a big challenge right mm-hmm. now in in the industry like uh, data science and analytics insights analytics especially in healthcare space is pretty new like mm-hmm. first of all healthcare industry is always a always lagging behind all the other industries or uh, when it comes to acceptance of insights and analytics like we are getting there but then we always wait for fintech or other industries to pick up uh, any new technologies or what not and then get there now you you just don't need an analytics professional uh, to execute a vision you also need to uh, folks who can bridge the gap between that analytics professional and the final stakeholders so be it a scientist in r&d space versus be a marketer who is trying to build uh, five key messages for selling its product uh, their product so so talking to their own language translating having those translators who can translate what you learned in data into their own language which they can easily understand and then use into their decision making day to day decision making is is key uh, now uh, other aspect is uh, as a as a storyteller when you are building this story uh, 
translation to their language is one aspect but then connecting the dots is another mm. predicting the next question was another aspect which i was talking talking to talking to you about and then ultimately when you are relaying the story you need to understand the essence of the story like what are you telling them uh, if it's a negative news versus a positive news there is a completely different story you can you can build a completely different story around those and you need to understand the uh, uh, the gist of that and then communicate it back so so if if it's a negative news you need to come up, come back with them not only with uh, what's wrong but also like what are the ways to correct it and what it takes to get it corrected uh, and then whereas if it's a positive news when you are sharing that story you also bring them along with it that this is amazing and here are three other ways to accelerate it or here are two other ways where we have done amazing but there are bottlenecks coming so when you build the story which which the next the other person who is receive on the receiving end feels that they are talking to me mm-hmm. they are they are sharing my pain and then they are uh, they are they are helping me get to my goals or my own objectives it becomes way easier to then start uh, passing along your insights mm-hmm. absolutely and uh, and this is why we've been seeing this huge gap in the skill sets of uh, data professionals because basically the universities are churning out now all these highly qualified uh data analysts and data scientists even and they're super expensive they're really hard to bring on board they cost a lot as well they could bring so much value right but that's where we usually find the points of friction that the lack of ability to communicate with the business just really keeps all this value and its potential unlocked right it, it is right and then frankly speaking although it's a challenge it also poses every challenge poses an opportunity as mm-hmm. well to correct as a leader so so what i see is you just need to make some tweaks to your operating model mm-hmm. uh, if you can tweak your operating model in a way that you can bring in uh, partners in the picture you can bring in these new analytic professionals like universities are throwing up very naive not understand the business but at least understand the way you do analytics with new t- tools and techniques uh and then combine it with some l- folks who have experience and get there uh, who knows and trans- help translate what you have learned into business that or that's that's the struggle that's that's what we need to figure out and and i am right now at csl is building on that aspect which is working with our uh, amazing colleagues within our information and technology group and as well as within the business and and building that flow of how you can bring in new professionals analytic professionals get them there to learn for a while contribute to us as well because if we are investing in them we are also looking for uh, their contribution or how they are adding value to us uh, in in a sense as a data analyst or data science professional and then gradually they will start learning the lingo the the jargons of the industry and so on and so forth and you find a niche for them and start building their career within the three verticals which i was talking about in a biotech space like be it in r&d or in manufacturing or in uh, commercial side okay. so it's just tweaking that operating model like i i feel like there are certain ways we can tweak that and mm. get get going That's amazing. That's amazing. That's actually a great segue into my final question as well. And you already started talking about maybe what you're what you're working on 
at CSL, but maybe uh, you can share your ideas on where the industry is going. What are you most excited about now in data analytics? And then that's, this can be connected to what you guys are working on now over at CSL as well, if you want to share a few words about that. Sure. I mean, the first thing is where industries today is amazing. Like it's super exciting. Like uh, the, the, when, when I look at data technology and uh, ultimately converting data and uh, use, using technology into insights, which can be used, the kind of tools and techniques which are available, technology which is available right now uh, in front of these data scientists or data professionals is, um, is, is, uh, is amazing. So, so the opportunity now is how you can bring them in in a cost-effective manner so that it doesn't become, because always data and analytics professionals are looked under the PNL in the second phase of the PNL. They are not, they are not generating income. Uh, we are not an income generating group. We are most of the time a cost to the business, but then there is a way to present back to business that even though there is a cost in investing in analytics, there is always a top line impact on it as well. So, so how you can bring the technology which helps you take cost out of the system and then bring value to the organization is something which right now I'm trying to do at CSL and I'm pretty sure all the other data analytics leader across the industry are working on. Mm -hmm. finally extracting that real value from yeah, data and analytics because we all know i mean it's being thrown around a lot and we throw it around a lot too that uh, the new decade the decade of data is upon us the 2020s right and everything yeah. seems to be falling into place and this is this typical situation when you will have like so many winners but also there will be people who get left behind and then how do you make sure that you end up in the right group and that's yeah. what we're all about thank you nitin for your insights this is fascinating and really interesting and uh, we're actually excited to work with you on your data story because you're attending our masterclass uh, coming yep. up and uh, we will find a good story in your career so you can share some of those insights with our members as well within the within the platform. Definitely, Laszlo. I'm, lo I'm looking forward to that masterclass as well and then look forward for future collaborations as well. Amazing. Thank you, for thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.